everybody. Welcome to Hey Watch This. I'm Paul Goebel. I'm David Bax, standing up. <laughs> and very soon to be sitting. There keep we behind go. the curtain. Now I'm sitting down. All right. Uh, this is a welcome to our holiday episode. Uh, we hope everybody is going to have a good and safe and happy holiday. Uh, so, um, what are you doing for holiday? Are you going to be here or are you going to be gone? I am in town. Uh, yeah? Uh, it's, uh, I do love my family and everything, but mm-hmm. Los Angeles is... A great place to spend Christmas. Sure, uh, it, it, it doesn't get too cold, but it still has a snap in the air. The it's, roads well, it's, are wide open. Yeah, um, and now that the Star Wars thing has come and gone, that's going to be like by the end of the uh, week that will all be gone. I haven't seen it. Yet. I'm talking about like in Hollywood. All the oh right. I mean, right, yeah. the, the, for the first time, probably ever, they have closed down Hollywood Boulevard from La Brea all the way to Highland. The entire thing. Usually, it's just from. Like Highland to Highland, like oh, to Orange, yeah, to yeah. that uh, that crosswalk, so people can still get from the Kodak across to the El Capitan. Yeah. Of course, you want that you're cutting off business, but now you can't even do that. Yeah, like, and I I, I talked to so many people who live in that area. They're like, yeah, it's completely fucked. Yeah, I can't imagine. As, as if parking wasn't bad enough. Brooke, who works down there, said people who park in certain garages for her work had to park somewhere else. Wow. Because there just wasn't room for that. So, But yeah, so by the end of the week, that'll all be done with. They'll be gone, and it'll be normal. And So yeah, we, my, um, Mrs. Howell and I will be observing our Christmas... Whenever we spend Christmas Day in Los Angeles, uh, we get up, we exchange presents. Mm-hmm. We usually go to a movie. Yeah. We have a bar we like to go to that's great. It's open on Christmas Day. We'll invite some other friends. It's usually... You don't want to say our, the name of it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's called um, The Chimney Sweep. It's yeah. in Sherman Oaks. It's a great bar. We go with our friends, and it's usually us and then, like, a handful of, like, sort of sad regulars yeah. uh, having a great Christmas together. Yeah. But I think this year for the first time, because uh, Mrs. Howell is um, a member of the tribe, she is a, right. um, she is Jewish, and she has never in her life gone to a Chinese restaurant on Christmas Day, oh. and she felt like, that's something I'm supposed to do. Exactly. That's so what Jim year. did when he, when he converted. <laughs> so this year was like, go get some Chinese food on Christmas But Day. now, isn't this your first Christmas as a married couple? No, last year was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. So that's out of the way. So yeah, we're going to be here. Um, it'll be kind of weird, because both girls will be in different places for the mm-hmm. first time. This will be the first Christmas where both girls are... You know, different states uh-huh. celebrating with different parents, so that'll be that might be a little weird, but uh, I don't know what we're gonna do. Well, we still haven't even unpacked, so there's no stockings, there's no Christmas. Usually, there's all kinds of Christmas crap everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. When have you, yeah, how long have you lived here? Uh, a couple years. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's been I, a couple months, yeah, yeah. There are still boxes. Well, when you have you know years and years of crap, and I think right. Brooke and I have more crap than more, most people. But apparently it's my job to fill those shelves with toys. Oh, good. Those two over there, so hopefully soon. After the Christmas break. Um, but let's see. I did I did see some stuff. I watched some TV shows. Telenovela. Oh, yeah? Is it good? No. Okay. It's basically, it's Ava Longoria trying to cash in on this Jane the Virgin thing. And she's way too late. It's basically Desperate Hosebags meets Jane the Virgin. No good. <laughs> Uh, I watched Expanse. Did you watch that on Sci-Fi? No. Is it good? It's interesting. It's really complicated and very dense. Todd Vanderwerf said it was the best pilot of the fall, but he also qualified it by saying there weren't a lot of great pilots this year. But uh, I could see it being like the new Battlestar Galactica for people because it is very intense and takes place in the dismal future, blah, blah, blah. Um, the other thing that is actually big news is I discovered that Shit's Creek... 
that show with Chris Elliott and yeah. Eugene Levy is now available on Netflix uh, in its oh. entirety. Okay. Where before it was just on Pop, now you can watch it. Brooke and I watched the first two episodes. It's a good show. It's just it needs more jokes, but uh, it's pretty good. Um, and that might be it. I'm going to see Star Wars tonight. Have you seen it yet? No, I have not seen it yet. I don't mean to spoil it for you that I'm going tonight. <laughs> okay. Um, but here's... I wanted to amend my uh, statement about spoilers. Because with Star Wars just opening, a lot of people are talking about that. And I will say, if there is the one thing... Like, I I like Star Wars, but I'm not that guy. Uh-huh. I've never been that guy. I remember being in the movie theater maybe the fourth time I saw it and being bored. And saying, ah, I think I'm done with this movie. You know, and the second three, I really didn't like at all. I didn't like any of them. Yeah, you know, I'm with you on that. So I'm not a big fan, and I don't like the cartoons or the books or any of that. I don't watch the Christmas special, ironically. None of that shit. But I know there are some people, especially dudes my age, for whom Star Wars was a huge deal when they were kids. So I could see this, like, if, if you only want... You know, one movie not to be ruined your whole life, it could be this. Right. And I'm going to give all Star Wars fans a pass. If somebody spoiled something for them and they're pissed, by all means, be a dick about it. Be a crybaby. That's fine. This is your one chance. If this is the movie you bitch about, you don't get to bitch about the new Back to the Future or the new Ghostbusters (laughs) or the next Star Trek movie or none of that. You get one thing. Like, if you got one thing that you... Could guarantee that would never be spoiled for you. What would it be? Um, yeah, I guess the new Back to the Future movie. <laughs> really? I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is the first I'm hearing about. It's it. It's the all female Back to the Future <laughs> reboot. <laughs> so I, I guess I, I just had it spoiled. For it's me. Ellen Page as Marty with an I, Marty McFly. Okay. And uh, her mom is played by um, instead of her dad, Kristen okay. Bloorpart. It's Molly Shannon. Okay. She's, you know, awkward and weird. And uh, and she's a single mom in the future. Marty's dad died. But, in you know, they go back and it's like she actually saves Marty's... She, Marty saves his own mom's life. It's The stakes are raised in the in the new one. Okay. They're still casting for Doc Brown, though. Oh, okay. I was thinking um, Susan Sarandon might be uh, mm. right for Doc Brown. She, I think and she's maybe a- Rebel Wilson is Biff. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the holidays. You want to get to the? Well, I shows? saw some things too. Oh, okay. Um, I always expect you to asked. jump in. Now, um, as far as movies, I, I saw a bunch, but the one I want to tell you about. Have you seen The Big Short? No. It's really, really good. I did see the small, long, and not so great. All I right. gotta say, um, I didn't enjoy it. Moving on. Um, <laughs> the uh, Amazing Race finale. The last two. I think last time we recorded with, with the second second to last one hit aired. This finale was so great. This is yeah. top two seasons of all time, maybe, for me, yeah. of Amazing Race. Well, just, one with the one with Robin Amber, which has always been my favorite. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it was edited and put together well. And, yeah. you know, and I'm sure there was stuff that they didn't see coming. But, uh, you know, for the, the team that won so many legs and then uh-huh. not to win, uh-huh. and actually the team that everybody liked, because of the top three, it's, everybody hated the paparazzi. They didn't deserve to win. They were right. terrible people. Um, the super fans, they rubbed a bunch of people the wrong way, even though they were cute enough. But it was the the news team 
the guy and girl sort of quietly emerged over yeah. the course of the season. That's what I'm saying. This one, and this is the reason I compare it to, I think, season seven, which is the one with uh, Joyce and Yuchenna and uh-huh. Robin Amber. Right. Both of those unfold like if you were to try and write a season of The Amazing Race, yeah. this is how you want this show to go. And also because both seasons, both finales in both seasons, kind of uh, like built on previous seasons. It was almost like, hey, remember, like with uh, Joyce and Uchenna specifically, it's like, hey, remember when other teams hit the fast forward and had to shave their heads uh-huh. and refused to do it? Right, right. Well, Uchenna's already bald. Yeah. So Joyce is going to shave her head to do this. So you watch her get her head shaved and go, oh, no, this is going to be horrible. But then she does and you go, oh, my God, she's even more beautiful. (laughs) How is that possible? (laughs) This gorgeous black woman, because, of course, black people actually look good with their heads shaved because they don't have (laughs) shiny, bright, bald heads. Their head is brown. That's why bald people can can get away with that. Or basically darker skinned people like you and I would look Horrible. You could maybe get away with it after three, four months after your head is tanned. Okay. But not me. I got bumps and <laughs> hot dog packages on my head. It's no good. But that was so great. And it's like, wow, she did it. And then they left and then they talked about how, you know, they wanted to have a kid so bad and they needed the million dollars for in vitro fertilization, basically. Wow. Yeah. Which was great. And oddly enough, I know you don't watch it, but the same kind of thing happened with Survivor this year. An amazing finale. Partly just because of the way the rules worked in the final five, two people had uh, immunity idols. So you got one guy who earned, it's five people, right? You got one guy who earned an idol, can't be voted for. Two people who found hidden immunity idols, meaning their votes don't count. So only two people can be voted off out of this five person group. At the end of the day, those two people didn't have any votes Uh because everybody voted for the people with the idols. So they had to re vote. And, and and so Jeff is like, now normally we would re-vote and you would have to pick one or the other. However, like you have to pick one or the other of who got the most votes. However, those people have immunity idols. You can only vote for two people. And I have a feeling half of you are going to vote for this one. Half of you are going to vote for this one. So I'll just ask you, is that the case? And they both went, yup. And he said, okay, so let's skip that part. So the rules of survivors say now we vote again, but those people are excluded. Uh-huh. Meaning the only person who can be voted off is this, is the, these two people. You have to vote for them. And now it's like, oh, he didn't even get any votes now and he's got to go home. And this guy's like, oh, this totally sucks. It was so fucking convoluted and crazy. <laughs> and it was the final five. And then when they got to the end, this dude, Jeremy, who was in the final three, basically spilled his guts and said, yeah, when I left, my wife was pregnant. His wife, who was on the show before with him mm-hmm. on the Blood versus Water year, yeah. so they all knew her, and he says she was pregnant. And when she came to visit us, she told me it was a boy and everything was fine. And I didn't want to tell you guys that because I didn't want it to seem like I needed, I was trying to get sympathy or I was trying to play some card. And more importantly, I didn't want that to be on my mind. I wanted to focus on the game. But in a brilliant move, he's now spilling this in the final in the final thing where he's uh, up against two other people. One of which, there's no way people are voting for her. Uh-huh. The other guy, his only quality is he played a great game. He's very smart and he played a great game. And he was basically, that was his whole thing. I killed it at this game and I made friends and I made enemies and I think I deserve to win. The other guy said, yeah, I did that too. And I have two daughters and a baby boy on the way. So, and it was fucking unanimous. And it was funny because I looked at Brooke and went, so he just won, right? And she's like, yeah. 
And then they pull out all the votes, unanimous votes. Every single vote was for him. And then they talk to the other dude, and he even said, yeah, it was clear at one point. I knew I had lost. Because <laughs> he said once they gave all their speeches, he went, yep, I'm done. I came in second. Oh, well. But they don't even know who came in second since it was a three-parter. I guess they have to split okay. the hundred grand that they get for coming in second. But a lot of good reality shows. The top model finale was great. Deaf guy won. Okay. First time a disabled guy won top model, and he was a, a gorgeous dude. He deserved to win, and that show's gone forever. And uh, and Brooke says Project Runway is great. Yeah, it was a good season. And what about Project Runway Junior? I don't watch that. <laughs> She's watching it. Um, she loves it. The other, before we get into the show, I also want to mention this is Christmas themed, um, or the episode was the, I guess, winter finale of Last Man on Earth was incredible. Yeah, I just watched the last two episodes. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, it's great. I, I, that's it, the show has gotten back to what I missed from the beginning of the first season, which is mixing Will Forte's type of like heightened, goofy, surrealist comedy with. The real stakes of a world where almost everyone has died. Yes, and there's still, like, in the, you know, just when we get used to, you know, finding bacon and eating it, and, uh-huh. oh, here's a cow, and we got milk now, all of a sudden, oh, shit, he has appendicitis, and right. no, none of them are doctors, and that needs to be taken out, or he's dead. Yeah. You cannot live with a, rust, uh, a ruptured appendix. And that was awesome, I thought. And then them digging up Will Ferrell, and then like, okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Putting him back. <laughs> On top of all this craziness is yeah. fucking hysterical. And Jason Sudeikis up there, uh, that was also very funny, and uh, yeah. a hell of a cliffhanger. So I can't wait for that. I'm not sure when that comes back. Yeah. That. that was, uh, if you haven't caught up on season two of last minute earth now's a great time to do it before it comes back pretty great all right how did you listen to last week's show not yet no because oh. i because i'm not caught up on nashville yet i didn't ah. listen to it yeah it's funny danielle made me watch nashville and i told her how i hate it but we actually had a good time you'll be surprised how much fun i had talking about nashville with danielle so maybe it's you maybe it's not da- I'm nashville completely open to that possibility all right let's talk about ren and stimpy the first one. Yeah. Does that work for you? The, that, that one's first? That's the order I watched them in. Okay. I know. So originally you may have remembered David wanted to watch Jingle Balls episode of uh, Will and Grace. Because I just assumed it's 2015 and Will and Grace is available somewhere. It should be. You're right. Unfortunately, when we went to watch it, because Ren and Stimpy, uh, most of those episodes are on Hulu. Yeah. And the one I watched does definitely was. But we plugged it into Roku and it's not available anywhere. Yeah. You can only apparently watch it on DVD or a uh, pirated copy online somewhere. Yeah. So rather than try to find it, David said, fuck it, and picked uh, Mary Xmas, the episode of News Radio, which is pretty brilliant. Yeah. So so let's talk about Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Now, I when I read about this, because I was never a big fan of Ren and Stimpy when it was on. Were you? I I didn't grow up with cable, so I... Oh, okay. I... I barely was. I mean, I certainly knew from my friends what Randy Stimpy was. Yeah. But I almost never saw any until they started putting on the DVDs when I was in college. Actually, that's when I, I started. Watch, uh, I watched Randy yes. Stimpy in college. On okay. DVD. Yeah, because um, I, I it was on when I was in college, and you know I was like, yeah, I get it. It's crazy animation. It's kind of gross. But I had already been through Beavis and Butthead and uh-huh. and, and and shit like that, so I wasn't all that impressed with it. Although, which is not to say I don't like the show, because there are certainly episodes which make me laugh. But some of the stuff, like him talking to his boogers, uh-huh. and I'm Brooke going, he always talks to his boogers. I was like, I get it, but it's just not intrinsically funny to me. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I even would have liked it that much as a kid, because I was never into that kind of gross humor. Right. 
Um, I'm almost glad that I uh, didn't come to the show until college because I was able to appreciate the artwork, which I think is really yes. interesting. And, and um, absolutely, I like the mix of animation and occasionally just a still shot, like that to, to drive home a point. Usually something gross, yeah, it would just be a still like close up, right? And, and, like and very detailed, yeah. much more detailed drawing. Yeah, I, I, I like that approach. And there are a lot of things about Ren and Stimpy that I do like. This episode is pretty much everything that I don't like about the show. Yeah, what I read about it, it said, uh, you know, I was there's a lot of conflicting information on the internet about it. But some people said this is the episode that got them canceled off of Nickelodeon. Some people say this episode was really, really dark. It was like all serious, sad Christmas episode. Um, but Nickelodeon made them put in some jokes because it was kind of rewritten. But this is a good example of the of what this sh- the deal was on this show. John Kay wanted to make this disturbing, you know, show that wasn't always funny and sometimes mm-hmm. was really horrific. And of course, the network kept saying, "Well, make it a little funnier and a little more marketable, so we can sell shirts and shit." And eventually, he I think this is a good example of that because he eventually got fired and they took the show away from him. Which is crazy. Doesn't often happen in the yeah. world. Even Mike Judge, that didn't happen to him. He, they said, well, we own it now, and he went, okay, I'll come up with something better. But right. you guys can have Beavis and Butthead. And then the day came when they begged him to make more, and he fucking jacked up the price. So there's, I don't know, there's stuff about. The, I mean, it's definitely Ren and Stimpy. There's, it's a. If you want to show some what Ren and Stimpy is, it would be this show. Funny shit like Ren's faces, like when. Stimpy runs to him at the beginning to tell him about the fart, and Ren is reading that book wearing a fez. Uh-huh. That's pretty funny, right? Yeah, it is. It's a funny visual, and why is he wearing a fez? Because he's nude the rest of the show. Yeah. But he's wearing a fez and a smoking jacket. And that's great. That's a great thing about it. And, like, Stimpy's butt, just, like, all yeah. the, his shiny butt. All that's that stuff what, is good. I like good. the fact that they... Share a king size bed, mm-hmm. like it's in the, an enormous bed, and they're yeah. at opposite ends of it, but taking up almost no room whatsoever. Yeah, That's and then while Stimpy was gone, for some reason, Ren put a bunch of wood and boards <laughs> on right. his side of the bed so nobody could sleep there. I, I guess about that. That's like the best. Joke. So yeah, it's little things like that, and in some episodes, there's a million of those little things yeah. that make you laugh continuously. The problem is this one. That whole time, well, I heard there was a scene that was cut out. The one you watched, did he go to the police station? And it was a scene that you shot from outside, so you, you could see what he was saying, but you couldn't hear it. I don't think so. I watched it on Hulu like you Yeah, so, so think, this yeah, episode was cut out. I just read about it. There's a scene where he goes into police station, and he you can tell from what he's doing, his mannerisms, that he's just basically repeating everything he said to Ren earlier uh-huh. about the fart. And the cop then throws him out oh, and okay. says, something, says something funny. But I guess they cut that. It's only available on a DVD or something. But it's clear that there were a lot of scenes they should have cut. Because all the, like, sad stuff with him walking around in the snow and being frozen and all that, it's like, I get it. I get it. He's crazy yeah, looking for his fart. I would take that stuff any day over right. the actual fart jokes because that's so just what, not my kind of humor. What about when he falls in the street and they almost gets run over <laughs> and the fart sits on his butt to take a rest? Well, I love the idea that the car literally, like, parks on his head. <laughs> But That's it doesn't funny. kill him. Yeah. It doesn't squash his head and, and make his brains fall out. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, 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 it's just not... Yeah. Not I mean, we're me. not huge fans of the show, obviously, but yeah. it's funny that... I will say, my favorite character is... Honorance to me makes it a, a wordless appearance uh, in this episode. That's the horse. Oh. The horse who says, no, sir. 
I don't like it. That's that's his like catchphrase. Yeah, but he's you see when Stimpy's walking around the city, you see him. Yeah, but he doesn't say. I thought his it was catchphrase. I thought you were going to say it was Muddy Mudskipper was your favorite character. Which one is that? He well, he, that's the TV show that oh, Stimpy okay. watches. He's I also star. like uh, Powdered Toast Man. Sure, everybody yeah. loves Powdered. Those are later when it got more ridiculous. Yeah, and Shaven Yak and stuff like that. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I don't know. It's weird, Ren and Stimpy for some people, especially people my age, like Brooke. You know, loves it, but. Partly it's because she can honestly watch a show like that with the sound off right, and right. be so amazed by the drawings and stuff. And mm, me, not so much. I like more uh, traditional animation, quite frankly. Uh, well, don't, we don't need to get into what animation you like. That always turns into an argument. Um, you know, but Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Howell is also a big fan. Last night when we were, we'd like, like come home from a party and she was like getting ready for bed and I plopped on the couch and just like hearing just the very beginning of it she came out like Ooh. with the toothbrush in her mouth she was like are you watching Brendan's TV? Wow. Uh, she was a big fan. It must be nice to be able to summon your wife by what you're watching. You know, <laughs> you know exactly what to turn on so she runs into the room half naked. <laughs> you wait for her to take start getting undressed and then you're like Gilligan's Island is on. Uh, all right. I, I don't, yeah, I, I need to trick my wife to. <laughs> I'm saying it gives you the upper hand. You're okay. you're out there already, like you got your shirt unbuttoned and you're ready to go. But she comes out and you're like, it's Ren and Stimpy and a little bit of this, <laughs> huh? And she's caught off guard. Next thing you know, bang, someone's pregnant. It's all good, right, yeah, it's a good strategy. Let's move on to uh, trivia. Uh, last week's trivia question was about uh, John Glazer because we watched John Glazer. The Neon Joe Show, yeah, which you should watch because it's short. They're only fifty. There's yeah. like five episodes Monday through Friday, and they're only fifty minute episodes. And some of it is very funny. Some of it's, of course, ridiculous and retarded. My, my friend and former co-host and previously on Sean Ingram was a huge fan. He was recommending it. Yeah, that's well. definitely something Sean would like. That's right <laughs> up his alley. But it's I like it better than Delocated because okay. he doesn't have a mask on the whole time and he doesn't have his voice effed up. I, I love Delocated, and that's part of. So the there reason. you go. But, that, it, but he talks. But what's great about Delocated is that he has a mask and a voice modulator the whole time, to the point where it becomes unremarkable. But then every once in a while, like every other episode, something will happen where you uh-huh. like suddenly you remember again that right. he has a mask and a voice modulator, and it's hilarious. When, over yeah, again. yeah. Uh, but he does talk ridiculous with a terrible accent, Cajun accent, um, and it's pretty funny. Scott Adsit is on it, and Stevie Little, and a lot of funny people. But the question was. Um, there's a lot of talk about pubes in the first two episodes. Okay. He has to test to see who's a werewolf by getting a sample of everyone's pubes. Okay. And they say pubes about a hundred times, <laughs> of course. And the question was, there was another show John Glazer was on, and he had a character who would say pubes. That was his deal. What was the show that he was on where he did that? I'm trying to think of what show he was on. Was he a regular or a recurring? He, it would, he would be a recurring. He, he worked on the show in a regular capacity, but this was a recurring character. Was it Cheap Seats? No, but that's a great guess. It's Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Ah, okay. He played this character who could ruin any situation. Uh And they would show, like, two people at dinner, and the guy's about to marry, or they're looking at a sonogram of their baby, these beautiful situations. And he would walk in with a black shirt on that said pubes, and he'd go, pubes! And they'd all go, And it was just ruined. (laughs) That was all he would do. Obviously, John Glazer thinks pubes are hilarious. What? He, he was great on Cheap Seats. He played a number of different characters, including Beamy, 
who was the talking beam in the studio. It was like oh, a, really? like a concrete beam. Stupid. That he would just talk. But also my favorite character was the uh, the old prospector who would like report on some sort of... Oh, sort of I remember thing. hearing but about that. But then like at the end of every bit, it was like a running joke, he would find gold. Uh-huh. <laughs> like So all of a sudden, if you talk about sports, and all of a sudden it'd be like, gold! Uh, and then the best... Um, the best version of that ever they did was it was the episode of the behind the scenes at Sports Night and the old prospector was giving a tour of uh-huh. the writer's room and one of the writers was on uh, on J-Date yeah. and he said, Gold! Rachel Gold! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. Brilliant. So Alex Daniel got that right but he it took me a million years to figure out what his name was because like his email, where is it? Um... Like, it says Thomas. His email is... He signs it Thomas, but his email is T.A. Daniel, and he signs it Alex. So what the fuck? What's his name? <laughs> I assume his name first is names. Thomas Alex Daniel. That's what I got from the email. Uh-huh. T.A. Daniel. But they're all three first names, and I don't know which one's the first one. So I'm going to guess your name is Alex Daniel. Congratulations. All right. You get a prize. You got a question this week for us? <laughs> yes, it's about news radio. Okay. Um... Which is probably my favorite sitcom, genuine. I always say Bosom Buddies to make people laugh, but News Radio is probably my favorite sitcom okay. of all then time. Then you probably know this bit of trivia. This is a star-making turn for Joe Rogan, but who was initially cast in Joe Rogan's role? Well, this is actually uh, not as true as you might think, because I know the answer you look for is Ray Romano. Yes. Because he did play... Joe, in, uh, he was originally cast, but in the pilot episode that they show, it's not Ray Romano or Joe Rogan. No, but Ray Romano was cast before, and I looked up the guy's name and I forgot it. Who was yeah. in the uh, the pilot? And also, the, he was he was fired during like early oh, like read throughs for being whatever. just for being bad. Well, probably. I think I, from what I understand, the shows what Paul Sims was looking for is a very sort of fast paced like throwback to thirties like yeah. type of things, and Ray Romano's comic style is a lot slower yeah, and it just that's not, not that he was bad he just didn't fit he just wasn't right and also in the pilot the woman who plays Catherine I don't even know if they call her Catherine is Etta Joyce I think is her name who played Rock's wife on Rock oh she was a more she's just a larger older woman she was huh. no sexy super sexy Catherine Duke you know so obviously they did that too they said let's get a woman who can uh, spar with Bill well, I guess this this probably happens in a lot of shows, but Maura Tierney's character wasn't even in the 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 show, like in the early versions. Yeah. It wasn't until a much later draft, close to shooting the pilot, that they even added that character, who ended up becoming like the second lead of the show. Yeah, and the, and the romantic lead. Because yeah. early on, she is, of course, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? resentful of... Dave, right? Because she wanted that job, which yeah. is the old uh, the old trope. But then they very quickly realized, okay, let's make them attracted to each other, uh-huh. and then they'll start dating. And now let's have them switch. Let's have uh, Jimmy fire Dave, and let's make Lisa the boss. And Dave can be a dick now about uh-huh. it because he she was pissed. Now he's pissed, but they're still dating. And the, the things the fucking things change. Back and forth on the show with someone being in charge and someone not being charged. Eventually, they broke up. The one of the funniest things is there's this one episode where her and Dave are constantly arguing about shit, and she's like, "I have to please stop arguing with me." And she reveals that the reason she hates to get in arguments is because it gets her hot. 
And whenever she gets in an argument, she gets really horned up. She says, I had to quit the debate team in high school because I almost got pregnant. But she's like, she 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 doesn't tell, she tells someone else that uh, Beth or something. And she's like, yeah, he always wants to, he always he's always arguing with me and it always ends up with us having sex. I'm tired of it. But then Dave reveals, yeah, I argue with her because that makes me hot. When she gets angry, I get super hot and turned on. And then we get to have sex. And it's fucking hysterical. And then in the last scene, she's in the, she's mad and she's in the elevator and Bill comes in and he goes, what's wrong with you? And she like starts unbuttoning her shirt because she's so fucking horny. <laughs> and then later on, adding Patrick fucking uh, Warburton to the show and adding, you know, John Lovitz and right. oh, the cat outside. And then in this episode, we saw Dave Higgins. Yeah, that's right. As the evil Santa. And then all those guys. Odenkirk was on twice. Uh, Posehn was on twice. It's also, pre Gilmore Girls, that's where I discovered Lauren Graham. Yes. She did a, a as run. Andrea Planby. Yeah. Um, and uh, John Ritter did a great episode. Yes. Andrea Planby was on a few episodes because that yeah. was a triangle with her and Dave and Lisa. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was great on that. Yeah. John Ritter guests in one episode. David Cross was on twice. Um, a lot of great guests. Uh, John Stewart played Andy Dick's brother. Twin brother played Matthew's twin brother in one episode. Huh. That was funny. Um, well, should we just get into talking about the show? We're still okay. technically on trivia, but but I got it right. So all right, yeah. yeah. So moving on. So this is the first uh, Christmas episode of of News Radio. They did ones later. They did one late. I think the second season episode is great, where Dave and Lisa are desperately trying to get to Dave's house for Christmas. Right. But they, no, this is the second. This is, is season it? two because oh, okay. season, it was a mid-season replacement, so there, would, there, there was, was a Christmas one. episode in season. Right, one. right, right, right. Okay. Uh, so the Christmas episodes are always good, is the point I'm making. But this one is good because it's just—it's not about some dumb spirit of Christmas shit. It's just a day at work in this workplace comedy, and it happens to be Christmas time. Right. Um, and funny stuff happens. Do you want to tell people what happened? Uh, does well, it matter? They, they, they chip in the, the seven people who apparently are the only people who work at the news station. Well, they always show people in the background. Yeah. But it, this is why the show is great, because in later episodes, they kind of reference that. Right. How come no one else ever sits at this table and eats lunch? Because they're not allowed. Because <laughs> Matthew chases them all away. We find out. And in this episode, like Jimmy James is supposed to be this ridiculous out-of-touch millionaire, uh-huh. which he is, but he's not an idiot, and he's not unreasonable. And when... Dave, Dave later on explains to him, these hats are bullshit. Uh-huh. He, he goes, oh, yeah, I get it. They yeah. are bullshit. I'm yeah. sorry. So in true millionaire fashion, he overcompensates yeah. and buys them all cars, which is great. And then for some reason you go, so why did he give Matthew those tapes? Yeah. Is he an idiot? No. He actually gave him the whole show, which is funny to me because he says, if anyone else ever wants to make a movie or anything about it, they got to go through you. T-shirts? Yep. They got to go through you. Yeah. And yet... To this day, nobody has ever rebooted Fibber McGee and Molly <laughs> yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Because uh, it was a real radio show yeah, that yeah. was very popular. Uh, and I like that, that that sort of revelation that, you know, um, Andy is usually the butt of the joke. Yeah. Or Matthew, sorry. Uh, yeah. Is usually the butt of the joke. Uh, and you think this is just a continuation of that. Turns out to be this reveal that... Jimmy gave him the most thoughtful gift because it was not only was it a big deal, it was something that was it's the only one that was personalized. Right. So in that sense, this is a very like traditional like Christmas sitcom episode. It has this almost gift thing. of the magi quality. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's yeah. but it's heartwarming. On the yes. other side, you've got 
David Anthony Higgins or whatever. What's, yeah. Is that a, am I saying his name? Yeah, I think that's right. I just call um, him Dave Higgins. And the way that, like, the way his, like, threatening yeah, uh, Santa... Just very scarily yeah. and creepily threatening Bill and then in for the, seemingly no reason. In the tag at the end, the way that pays off is hilarious because it's you think it's like, oh, he was just trying to... But then it turns out, no, he really is trying to kill Bill McNeil. Right. And that's the end of the episode. And he, I like it because, well, like Brooks said, that's a weird place to end it. Because you think, did he get killed? Oh, no, he's back next week and yeah. no, no one talks about it. Oh, also Dennis Miller guested in one episode oh. of News Radio. Very funny. Um, but also, he's driving his new car home and he puts the tape in the tape deck. Yeah. Which, you know, is funny because they're talking about cars and tapes. My favorite part is when Matthew says, hey, anybody want to go upstairs and listen to my tapes? And Bill says, screw that. Who wants to go for a ride in my new car? Yeah. <laughs> and they're all, and, it, and he's right because he says later on, well, you guys are going to have to give these cars back when the lease is right. up. And they're like, no, no, we have them. They're our cars. And then he gets mad. But then when Jimmy explains, well, you own the show, it actually does put it in perspective because in, what, five years, those cars will be gone. They won't right. own them anymore. But even if he has listened to every episode of Fibber McGee and Molly, he still is the owner of that show and, and forever. And he can pass it down to people. And it's, yeah. and it's actually a cool gift. I, I don't know. Did, if, did you ever go to the Columbia Broadcasting Museum in the no. Loop in Chicago. No. It's very small. It's, you know, Columbia, the school. Yeah. Uh, broadcasting. But right in the Loop there, they have like a little office and a little uh, museum of like radio shit. It's like just one big room. But one of the things, I remember going down there once and one of the things was like a an exhibit where you could pull over, pull open Fibber McGee's closet uh-huh. and a bunch of shit would fall out. <laughs> like you'd pull it and it would play a recording of shit and stuff would fall out and then you close it and it goes back in. And I remember going, and it reminded me of news radio at the time, yeah. but I remember thinking, who fucking cares about Fibber McGee <laughs> and Molly? Well, uh, this is something else I was talking to Mrs. Hall about, which is Andy Dick, who um, has become partially through his own doing, yes. kind of a punchline now, yeah. which is a, a upsetting. Because between the Ben Stiller show and news radio, he was great for a while there. He, like, Absolutely. And his, you, you talked about him realizing that they actually got the cars, they aren't leases. Mm-hmm. And his reaction where he goes, ha, ha. And then it keeps getting louder. <laughs> louder and, he, and louder. You just hear him in the break room, like, screaming. Yeah. It's hilarious. There, it's great uh, performances. I don't think he gets enough credit for being funny. No, he, you know, when I was doing my old The King of TV show at UCB... One of the best episodes I did was the one where uh, Randy Mantooth was my first guest from Emergency. And it was a great interview because we talked about Emergency and uh, Jack Webb and what a dick Jack Webb was. And he was really cool. Randy Mantooth was a great interview. And then my second guest was Andy Dick, Sherry Shepard, who I was friends with at the time, and uh, Andrea, I can't remember her last name, who were all on Less Than Perfect at the time. And... But the best part was uh, Andy gets, while Randy Mantooth is there, Andy gets up and he starts like saying, are you the guy from Emergency? And I'm like, yes, he's the guy from Emergency. Be quiet. Eventually he wouldn't be quiet. So I said, just get on stage. Come up here. So it's now me, Andy, and Randy Mantooth talking about it. And Andy's like, yeah, me and my brother used to play Emergency. And we pretend we were the paramedics just like you. And so now they're having a fun talk. <laughs> but the best part is then I would always have a fake guest. And in this show, the fake guest was 
um, Detective Kent Stryker, uh-huh. played by Graham yeah. Elwood. Yeah. So Graham comes out in his 70s cop show guy, and it fit with the theme, because, you know, he had uh, Randy from Emergency in a 70s show. Graham comes out, and he's like, yeah, I heard you guys joking about... He's like, Jack Webb was a personal friend of mine, and r- real funny stuff. Finally, he goes, uh, you think you're smart, huh, Andy, huh? What's this? And he reaches in Andy's coat, pulls out a big brag of drugs, and it says smack across it. <laughs> and I go, oh, what is that? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's my smack. I brought it. He goes, I have to label it just because I don't want to get my smack and my crack and my crank all mixed together. And it was, and it, this was back in before podcast was a thing. So, sadly, there is no, uh, right. there's no recording of it. It's only, there's a picture of me and Andy Dick and Graham and uh, Randy Mantooth. And then I found out later on he went uh, somewhere and hung out with Brody Stevens at some club. There was a Andy picture. Or Randy? No, Randy Mantooth. <laughs> There's a picture on Brody Stevens' Facebook page of him and Randy Mantooth at a club afterwards. Um, that was a great thing. And uh, Andy Dick was a cool guy. And his son, Lucas Dick, who's a comedian, very funny. Oh, he's and funny. a super, super cool guy. I met him at Bridgetown a long time ago. But this is a great reason why this show is great because the characters are absurd and heightened, and yet they're still grounded in reality. Yeah. You know, Jimmy James is the best example. He's this millionaire who, for some reason, has this affinity for this little news radio station that he owns, and he's there all the time. Yeah. He, he's like Donald Trump, but a good one. Uh-huh. Um, or he, t- he doesn't, he, he talks about um, Richard, uh, what's his name all Branson? the time? Yeah, Richard Branson all the time. There's one episode where he's going to do a balloon thing around the world, uh-huh. but so clearly faked. <laughs> It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> but he's like this weird out-of-touch millionaire, but for some reason he loves this place and hangs out there all the time, and he micromanages everything. And there, and one of the great episodes is the bonus episode. Did you ever see the big bonus episode? I don't remember. It's come times for bonuses, and the tradition is everybody gets like 800 bucks, except for two people, one of which gets the big bonus, which is like five grand, uh-huh. one of which gets the shaft, which is zero. Uh-huh. So he tells Dave, you have to make that decision this year. Who gets the big bonus? Who gets the shaft? And he's like, why do you do that? He goes, because it incentivizes people. No one wants the shaft. He's like, but you can't do that. He's like, well, I've done it every year. And so Dave's new. He's not used to this, but they're all like, I hope I don't get the shaft. And like Beth and Lisa are all like, yeah, I'm good with my 800 bucks. But Catherine and Bill are saying, hey, when I get the big bonus this year, do this for me. And Matthew is convinced he's going to get the shaft. And that's all he can talk about. I don't want the shaft. And at one point... Uh, Bill and Joe are just standing by Matthew's desk and Joe goes, hey Bill who's the black private dick who's a sex machine with all the chicks? Oh, I think that's Shaft. Oh, that's right. And who is the man? And Matthew goes, you guys shut up. And Bill Bill says, and and then Jimmy walks and goes, what's up guys? And Bill goes, just talking about Shaft. And Jimmy goes, I can dig it. And walks away. And shit like that makes it a great show. But this particular, I like, you're right, the, the, the whole holiday. Oh, and Tone Loke and Toby Haas yeah, are in it. Which, those are recurring characters. There's yeah. this one great episode where Bill loses his ID, and they won't let him upstairs. Yes. They're in the whole fucking thing. So, yeah, this episode was fucking replete. Is that the right word? Yes. Replete with guest stars yeah. who were great and funny. Yeah, and that, yeah, I forgot about them. They were great. I, I like the reveal when you go downstairs that they got the... 
crummy hats too. But <laughs> they're like, great hats, sir. I think he said like, above average hats, sir. <laughs> so great. And it's funny because I don't think Brooke knew that was Tone Loke. She was like, who's the black guy? But it's Tone Loke, the funky cold Medina guy. Yeah. The rapper. <laughs> that alone is fucking funny to me. All right, I got a trivia question to replace yours. And I bet you don't know it. Okay. It's about news radio. Okay. Um, we all know Bill's last name is McNeil because he says it on the show a lot. Jimmy James, of course, they call him Mr. James. Uh-huh. Dave Nelson yes. and Lisa Miller are referenced okay. often. It's a running joke that we find out Joe's last name is Gorelli later on. Because when they introduce him, eventually the running joke is people go, your last name's Gorelli? <laughs> like over and over again, they say that because no one knew. Catherine is Catherine Duke because she says it on the show. And Matthew Brock is a reporter. He says his last name all the time. What is Beth's last name? Beth, the secretary, who no one calls by her last name, only calls her Beth and has no reason to ever introduce herself by her last name. What is Beth's last name? Um, I don't know. Stapleton. Beth Stapleton is not correct. So that's the question this week. If you know the answer, uh, what is Beth's last name? Send it to Paul at thekingoftv.com and you can win a prize. And of course, thekingoftv.com is my website and there's stuff there. And follow me on the Twitter. Oh, did you see I made it into top 10 for At Midnight last week? Well, no. When would I have seen that? On my Twitter feed. Oh. It was one letter off movies. Okay. And I tweeted, who framed Roger Rabbi? Uh-huh. Apparently at midnight thought that was hilarious And retweeted it, gave me points Said he couldn't have done it And I said, well, he only took the tip <laughs> Hilarious But because at midnight retweeted it It literally got 200 likes And like 50 retweets huh. So I remember that That was a hashtag game years, years ago Oh yeah that I remember. TV off was my favorite One letter off TV shows Because I did the menialist I like that one Get um, it? The menialist? Not the mentalist Oh, right, the menialist. Yeah. I did, um, uh, I remember years ago for, for that one letter off, the one I was proud of was, um, William Shakespeare's The Taming of Pelham 123. <laughs> nice. Yeah, just one letter off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I made it in the top ten, but the good thing is on their Tumblr and on their Twitter, I was the first one. So everybody saw my name and I quickly changed my my name to my real name is Paul. Yeah. So, so on their on their Twitter page it says my real name is Paul, uh, not fuck the NRA or something like that. Um, but I didn't win. What one was I spit on your grape, <laughs> <laughs> which I have to say is a hundred times funnier That's than mine. Very funny. My favorite one though, which didn't win, was Pee Wee's Wig Adventure. <laughs> Because <laughs> I can you imagine that movie? Pee uh, Wee running around with yeah. a wig on? Hilarious. The one I don't think it, I, I don't watch at midnight, so I don't know who made it. But it, the one that popped up in my feed on that on that game that I thought was really funny was uh, a raver runs through it. <laughs> sure, he's at a concert, he's just right. going ham. Why not? So I got a bunch of followers, and that was fun. And uh, and people responded to me. One guy wrote, "Hey, weren't you once the TV geek?" On <laughs> Comedy Central And I said yep once yeah. I was once Didn't you used to be Paul Goble? I used to in the old <laughs> days um, And you can be my friend on Facebook And all that stuff And you can do the same with David He's very active online He's like a social monster right? Nope But uh, <laughs> you can find my podcast My movie reviews and all that uh, stuff At battleshippretension.com And you can email me at David at battleshippretension.com And you can follow me on Twitter At Davey Pretension there was something else I wanted to bring up. Oh, I wanted to tell you what the answer was. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I You write that, and I will watch this. Oh, wait a minute. I also have another surprise. That's the answer. Um, wow. 
before you, now usually you know folks we when David says watch this that's the end of the show no matter what and and generally I always I always respect that I take that uh-huh. as a as a sign that David's done with the fucking around he's ready to get out of here <laughs> and it's a good because I'll talk forever it's good that someone cuts me off but you're the one who said you had to be out of, I guess we're way, we're ahead of schedule we're a little ahead of schedule so yeah. we're good but I want to take because it's the holidays uh-huh. I want to give David his Christmas gift early. And I also want to give, uh, what is his name? Alex Daniel, his prize, um, which is this awesome holiday song. The mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Come on, David. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Take it, David. The party's on. <laughs> the feeling's here. Yeah. That only comes. Oh, once a year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Mm. All right, we're going to fade out on that. Yeah, this song sucks anyway. 